What does it mean to be a Christian entrepreneur? How can I turn my ideas into an actual business? How do I navigate my path to entrepreneurship? Welcome to Creator, the podcast brought to you by Olivet Nazarene University's McGraw School of Business to unlock the secrets to Christian entrepreneurship and fuel your path to success. I'm your host, Carly Bird, graduate assistant of Olivet's Entrepreneurship Program. I'm your co-host, Spencer James, an Olivet undergraduate marketing management and business administration major. Join us, fellow students, as we embark on a journey to discover the call of the entrepreneur. This week, we're joined by Brian Utter to discuss the importance of balancing work and life. Where faith and business meet, this is The Creator Podcast. Hello, everyone. This week, Carly and I have the pleasure of being joined by our very own Shine.fm Executive Director, Brian Utter. Yes, Brian serves as the executive director of the Olivet Media Group, which includes the Shine.fm network, the Brilla.fm network, and Spark HD. He is also a multimedia professor right here at ONU and serves as the global coordinator of World Mission Broadcast. Brian, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me today. You list off all those credentials and you realize (laughs) this guy doesn't have life balance. He does way too much. (laughs) It's true. I get you. It it can be very difficult. And that's one of the discussion points today, you know, just being real and honest with the students and kind of informing them on what that kind of looks like in life. So, you know, when we're talking about work-life balance, which, you know, honestly, does that even exist today? (laughs) It's easy to get in your head and think, can I really have both a successful career that I'm really dedicated to, but also you know, a personal life in general. Can you have both of those? So, you know, just to start off, what would be some, uh, you know, techniques or methods you would recommend for dealing with uh, managing your time wisely and finding that balance in your life? Yeah, a calendar is everything for me. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. Uh, Because we have to do so much, put everything on the calendar. And, And one of the things, especially during COVID, that helped me because I had to track every interaction with students, just in case, you know, if someone got sick, they knew who they were with, how long they were with them. And, and so I, I, I put everything in a calendar. So then I can also uh, look back and look at margin and figure out, did I have enough margin in my calendar that creates that balance? Um, and I'll be honest with you, many weeks I don't. Many weeks it's like, I had how many meetings this week? And it, it's a total death by meeting. But I think uh, putting it in front of you visually will give you a, it's kind of like a good measure on how that life balance is going. So I recommend calendar, 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 uh, tracking everything is part of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I don't know what I would do without my calendar some days. Uh, Yeah. You know, you talk about the calendar being one of your tools. I mean, what are some other maybe pieces of technology or some other systems that you use that that kind of help enable a little bit more productivity maybe in your work-life balance? And then what are some things that maybe hinder you from being able to have a good work-life balance? So tech that helps me... um, Again, it depends on the the hat I'm wearing at the moment, but uh, let's just look at the professor hat. Um, I make sure that I have everything set up in Canvas. It kind of measures everything. Uh, All my exams are graded right in Canvas. So again, that's something I can use technology to take that part off my plate. Uh, But uh, yeah, just that's one of the tools definitely that works for me. Um, Boy, what are some other ones? So workflow softwares. 
Uh, one of the things that we have as a part of our Shine Ministries is a great workflow software um, when it comes to our business development side of things. So we have uh, this, it's, of course, it's a, a, an internet-based platform, so access from anywhere. Our salespeople in the field you know, put in an order. They put in all the details. They're assigning who's going to voice that. So then the person that voices that can get in there and do that. Uh, if there's questions on the scripting, um, but then from there it goes into our traffic department, which has nothing to do with cars. That's how we schedule our, our commercials, if you will. Um, so that workflow software helps everything run smoothly. And it's really uh, multiple different departments that are feeding into it and have access to it from sales to production to traffic to voice. Uh, we need everyone to have access to that. And so that, that really kind of smooths the process out for us. Um, I had, for example, I had uh, someone um, just this last week who uh, was producing a promotional video. They didn't like the voiceover. It was for a foundation and so they sent me an email and they're like, can you find someone to do this voice? And, and I just followed up with an email. Uh, are you looking for a male, female voice? Uh, who's the target audience? And they'd sent me the video. And, and so we were able to send it in less than five minutes and they were shocked. Yeah. Wow. You know, I'm like, well, this is what we do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and we have the systems in place that allow us to be able to uh, produce that quickly. That's great. I, I love that. I, I, I use my, uh, I'm a checklist guy. So yeah. I uh, love using the, just the checklist app on, on my phone and stuff like that. And that's really how I kind of have my own workflow to be yeah. able to separate even some of the, the personal mm-hmm. to do's and then also the, the kind of a, a official to do's as well. So I do not have a digital checklist. I'll be honest with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I am a post-it note guy. I'm oh, kind of old school, that's good too. Yeah, but I have yeah. post-it notes everywhere. Um, I do have my digital calendar, but if I'm, you know, I have notebooks full of notes. I don't even think I have my notebook in the studio here, but, uh, you know, and so I'm constantly going back over. I have to, I guess I have to write it. That was the way I was when I was in school as well. If I wanted to learn material and really get it stuck in my brain, I had to write it out. So I had great notes from class, but I also take great notes from textbooks as well. So Brian, especially for some of our listeners who are just getting started out in the business field and, you know, it's brand new to them, it's important to push yourself and show that you really care about that work that you're getting started in and, you know, uh, show your initiative early on so that it will help you adjust and get better Mm -hmm. later in life. However, we all know that too much of a good thing can quickly become a bad thing as well. And I think that's where that concept of burnout comes in. Yeah. So do you think first, could you just start by, you know, giving us an idea of what burnout is exactly? And then, you know, how can we actually, if possible, avoid it? Yeah. Number one in my realm, burnout is a creativity killer. Mm-hmm. When, when you are burnout and you're tired, you have no creativity left when you're stressed. And if, if you have so much pressure to perform in your role, um, that can turn into chronic stress, which is actually a diagnosed thing. Uh, chronic stress means that there is zero creativity coming from you. So if you're in a field that requires creativity, you're not going to be able to do anything at that point. So uh, the work-life balance is definitely uh, a priority in that. So uh, burnout um, is psychological, it's emotional, but it's also physical. Uh, So I tell even my students today, seven hours of sleep. You need seven hours of sleep. Uh, in, in the media world where you're creating content, 
it's not physically demanding, it's mentally demanding. Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have those seven hours of sleep, then you're not going to, again, be able to create. Um, so burnout uh, can definitely have uh, physical detriment to your health. I mean, it can cause physical problems. Uh, chronic illness can develop from burnout. Um, how do you know if you have burnout? That's the million-dollar question. Mm. Um, it's hard, especially I love what I do, okay? Right. I'm passionate about what I do. So I have a very hard time saying no when it has to do with what I do, and it also has to do, especially with kingdom work. You mm. know, if it's kingdom work, I have a hard time saying no. I just finished, I'm be honest, again, transparency, I just finished the busiest summer of my life, and I should have said no. So uh, a couple years ago, I, I was in a mentorship. Uh, the recently retired uh, CEO of uh, Educational Media Foundation, which uh, is the owner of K-Love. Everyone mm-hmm. knows K-Love. Um, he was my mentor for a year. And he told me flat out, you are the busiest person I've ever met in my life, which is not something you want to hear. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. why you guys picked me to talk about this on the podcast, <laughs> I have no idea. But he, he said, my goal this year is to teach you to say no. And at the end of that year, he said, I failed miserably because I have a hard time saying no when it comes to kingdom work. And that's true. And I think it's the same way with like a small business owner. A small business owner, they have given their life to get that business going and be successful. And so small business owners, I think more than anyone, struggle with work-life balance because their entire attention is focused on the success of that business and they give themselves to it. Um, so how do we carve out the time to have that margin? That's a million dollar question that I still struggle to find the answer to. Yeah. I, I love that you mentioned though, learning that ability to actually say no, that is something that so many of us struggle with that at first it sounds like a silly question almost, you know, being able to just say the word no. And, you know, usually we're trained to say yes. Uh, that's, you know, how we, uh, make strides in life and move to the next level. But it is so true that you have to know your limits and find that balance in life. Yeah. I think, you know, also what Carly was saying about, you know, too much of a good thing can kind of turn into a bad thing yeah. I mean, with people and, and organizations constantly calling for your attention. I mean, how do you manage being able to say no or just set aside time to just take a break even? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think, a lot of pressure is just put on us in the corporate world today to not take vacation. And there, I've, I've yeah. read studies on, you know, because Europeans are different from us. Europeans, <laughs> they take a month. Oh my They'll goodness. take an entire month off. When I, I lived in South America for seven years in Argentina, which is very much influenced by Europe. You know, in January, they're packing up 80% of their household. Wow. And they're going on vacation for a month, renting another house since, you know, near the beach or whatever, and setting up household there for a month. Uh, And uh, we here, we surrender. I I know I do. I surrender Mm -hmm. days, if not weeks of my vacation time every year that I don't take. And uh, I think it's just this tremendous pressure that we're on. And it's generational. You know, my generation, uh, you know, we, we have pressure to... Uh, keep performing at the level we've performed at our entire careers because we have your generation coming up and we feel like if we don't perform, hey, guess what? They can pay 
them a lot less because we've got a lot more years of experience and our salaries are higher. And so it's just pressure. And then your pressure is I've got to get into this and I've got to create my career and, and I've got to succeed because of all the pressure of putting all those certificates online and, and making sure that my social media is perfect. And so it's just, it's, it's pressure on each generation, but in a different way. I totally agree with that. I, I think also in, in finding that balance, I mean, what does that uh, look for you just in, in how you can let go of things almost, right? Like saying, hey, team, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave for the next week. You know, how does that letting go look for you and the times that you do get to find a vacation? Okay, you said a word there that is team. Yeah. And team is vital. Uh, the number one characteristic that I believe shows a great leader is who they hire around them that complements their own weakness. So if I see someone who hires somebody, and, and let's face it, we all have weaknesses. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not the full package. No one is, okay? Amen. Um, <laughs> but if they hire someone that's a lot like them, I'm like, is that smart? Because they're weak in this area, and they've hired someone exactly like them, which is, you know, which is why I go after, uh, you know, someone in, with an MBA um, in finance who is going to look at my spreadsheet way closer than I have time for. I need that person on my team. You know, I need that person on my team that is the cheerleader that's outgoing beyond extrovert uh, because, uh, you know, I just don't have time to spend time with people like they would. And so I hire people as a part of that team that really fill in what I'm deficient in. You know, um, I don't even remember the original question you asked, but I think, oh, how the yeah, team allows you to trust those people. A great leader builds a team that fills in the weaknesses, and a great leader fills it builds a team that they trust, so they can step away mm-hmm. and take that rest that they need. So last summer, I, I had a sabbatical, first ever sabbatical, twenty seven years. Full-time ministry, wow. never had a sabbatical before. Since I'm not a full-time professor, uh, I'm not in the professor sabbatical rotation. So I just said, hey, I'm tired. I need a break. I need to step away. And, uh, and so they granted me a, a seven-week sabbatical. So I literally shut my email down, and I did not get on my cell phone very much at all, uh, and I had to purposely do those things to rest now, apparently I wasn't resting enough because uh, I totally fell and, sh- and broke my wrist. And so oh, no. God's like, yeah, you need to rest more. So I'm going to break <laughs> your wrist. Um, and oh. it definitely caused me to, yeah, not do the, all the outside projects that I wanted to do during sabbatical yeah. when I should have been resting. So a team, a team that you can trust that allows you to step away and be able to get recharged. That kind of goes into another thought that I had. Uh, we live in such a high technology world nowadays where we can be uh, accessible almost 24 seven, I would yes. say, you know, yeah. we have these emails, uh, people can get a hold of us whenever. How do you manage living in a world that is, you know, so consumed in this media format and making time for yourself and knowing when should I answer? When do I wait? How do you manage that? Again, I'm not a good example of this. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Um, just because uh Radio stations operate 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right. Something goes wrong. I get an alert. I have to check my phone. I have to deal with it. Yep. Um, so uh, 
just setting up rules, and I'm not good at this, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Again, I'm a horrible example to be uh, talking about this, but um, yeah, setting up rules where um, if it is office business uh, you and it's not 911 office business, then you don't respond. Mm-hmm. You know, I know some people that literally plug their phone in when they get home, they don't touch it. If you're in that kind of a role where you can completely turn it off, please do. Please, I mean, when I say turn it off, turn off the, the work at the office, okay? Um, some people aren't. Like in my my situation, I can't turn it off, but I can also say, yeah, I'll deal with that tomorrow. That's not emergency. Um, and I'm, also I have this um, I have this warning system that will keep me in check, uh, and it's not really high tech. It's my wife. So she's <laughs> like, is that important? No. Okay. So and then I put my phone down. Yeah. <laughs> that brings up another great point as well. Having a support system around you that can kind of be there for you. And uh, sometimes they're the ones that say no for you, or they can be the ones to add that input that you need to help get yourself on the right track and, you know, maintain your mental health as well as physical health. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for example, this summer, I, I, again, busiest summer ever. I had three (laughs) international trips. Oh my Um, goodness. If I'm doing a trip like that, I'm always, you know, I'm checking my own calendar, but I'm also checking with the boss, which is my wife to make sure that's okay to do that. Another international trip. Um, and so, yeah, to have that system in place, someone who is brutally honest with you, which is a spouse, you know, to say, yeah, you're doing too much. So I would give your spouse permission or at least give someone, maybe an accountability partner permission to call you on it mm. at any moment. There's people around you. Uh, we're very relational human beings and having uh, different interactions and connections that can keep you on track and uh, be that person for you mm-hmm. um, to keep you st- stable, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even in past episodes, we've talked about just the importance of having a mentor and the mm-hmm. the meaning of, of what a mentor is and, and to, to educate you, right? They've lived that experience before and they've also lived the, the time management piece of that before, what that yeah. balance looks like, so. And that never stops, yeah. okay? I'm a big believer in lifelong learning, but I'm also a big believer in always having someone speaking into you. Uh, you know, I've been, this is my 36th year in media, Um, but I have people that are still coaching me and mentoring me along the way and that should never stop. Yeah. I want to bounce real uh, quick for a second to, to faith and just, just ask you, you know, what does your faith look like in, in finding that balance? I mean, have you seen areas of your life where you say, Hey, I've been able to carve out a little bit of margin for my faith and, and been able to see, see some of those benefits reaped? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the weird part of this. Do you actually put into your calendar faith? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and that shouldn't be the case. So I, I will say this. Um, I don't know where I heard or read this, but the word priority was never created to be plural. Did mm-hmm. you know that? Priorities wow. is not a legitimate word. When you go back to the original whatever, whether it's Latin or not, priority was one. Huh. And so when it comes to faith, our priority is God. If it's just one thing. Now, God will adjust your priorities, plural, if you will. And there are going to be times in your life where family will come first. That's a lot. Actually, they'll come first quite a bit. Um, 
you know, then uh, your faith should be probably above family, and that should be priority. And uh, finding things in the margin, space in the margin for your faith should become a priority. So uh, allowing God as the priority to adjust your priorities according to your situation is kind of the way I live. So I know that uh, I don't have anything pressing with family this week, so I can dedicate more time in other areas, but there are going to be weeks where I've got important family things that have come up and I have to make that the priority. And so allowing God to adjust them as the singular priority in your life, really, that's the way I set my boundaries. You know, as we start to wrap up, uh, we like to do this thing called the quirky question of the week. Some are more quirky than others. I've really stumped a few people in the past and I (laughs) still feel bad about that, but (laughs) Hey, I guess I'm doing my job then if I do that. Um, so Spencer, do you want to kick it off this week? What do we have? Yeah, I'll do the the quirky question of the week. So, you know, as executive director of the Olivet Media Group, what would you say has been one of the most memorable places that you have traveled to of all the places you've gone? Uh, at, gone as the as Olivet Media Group? Yes, because I, I know you've been quite a few places, so we'll try to make it a little simpler on you. Because World Mission Broadcast, I've been all over the world with that. But yeah. um, uh, let's just do a recent one. How about that? Okay. Uh, so we love getting into our local communities. Uh, we were this summer at the uh, Frankfurt, Indiana Hot Dog Festival. All right. All right. Oh, so okay. they do a festival every year. Uh, Frankfurt, of course, hot dog, you know, uh, their, their school mascot is the hot dog, oh, wow. uh, but you had Dotson contests, you know, the hot dog dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, the highlight was, um, there's a food tent with all kinds of different hot dog things on the, on the menu. Huh. And one of them was called the hot dog split. Oh boy. And I'm like, what is this? And so I'm like, sure, I'll try that. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> And so it's just like a banana split where you have the bun and as the tray, the hot dog is split like the banana on the sides. And instead of like the ice cream in the center, you have scoops of coleslaw, pulled pork and mac and cheese. Oh, unbelievable. Wow. That sounds yeah, good. it was very good. Um, so, uh, yeah, just being involved in, in local communities like that and because uh, they're just fun things that make that community that community. And I love just getting to know what those are. So, yeah, I completely agree. That's great. I, I actually went to the Museum of Ice Cream in Chicago a little while ago, and they okay. actually have a legit uh, hot dog flavored soft serve. Oh, my goodness. No. Buns. It was not good. But <laughs> would not recommend. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what I thought you were going to say at first. I was like, don't tell me it's like hot dog ice cream or flavored. something. So Ugh. now that I know that that exists, oh, I'm not yeah. going to be doing that anytime soon. <laughs> that's right. Well, Brian, thank you so much again today for, for uh, joining us today on the podcast. And we really appreciate being able to use the shine.fm studio and absolutely and with it. So it's been great. Yes, it's it's always such a joy. And uh, listeners, also, if you want to connect with Brian, feel free to find him. He is on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also call his office number at 815-939-5037. And to connect with Olivet's Entrepreneurship Program Director, Chris Perez, or discover other entrepreneurship opportunities the program has to offer, such as the McGraw School of Business's very own creator conference and pitch competition, which actually Brian happened to be a part of this last year. Just go to olivet.edu slash creator. 
Yes, and this week, our team would also like to give a quick shout out to one of our incredible partners, the Council for Christian Colleges and Universities, or CCCU, that's a lot of C's, <laughs> which is the leading national voice of Christian higher education with more than 45 years of dedicated service to preserving and promoting the comprehensive education, both professional and spiritual, found at Christian colleges and universities. The CCCU is committed to ensuring Christ-centered higher education is available to continue transforming the lives of future generations for decades to come. Learn more at cccu.org. As always, thank you for listening and don't forget to tune in next week when we have Jeff Williams joining us to discuss how to scale a business. Where faith and business meet, this is The Creator Podcast. We'll see you later.